0: Hi, this is Allison Arngrim, alias Nellie Olson, and you're listening
1: to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. We will play part two of our conversation with Ed Asner about the 50th anniversary of the Mary Tyler Moore Show and the Lou Grant character. Plus, we will welcome actress and filmmaker Penny Pizer. Penny Pizer, star of Crazy Like a Fox, All the President's Men, and the original The In-Laws. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Zoom as we play part two of our conversation with Stan Goldman. Stan Goldman, tenured law professor at Loyola Law School and longtime legal analyst for such national media outlets as Fox News Channel, CNBC, and CNBC and CBS Radio. Stan Goldman is also founding director of the Loyola Center for the Study of Law and Genocide. Plus, as we mentioned early in the program, Stan is also the author of Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream. The remarkable story of how Stan's mother not only survived the Holocaust, but how the saving of her life ultimately led to the downfall and death of Adolf Hitler. Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream is available in bookstores everywhere through Potomac Books. The audiobook version of Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream is available through recorded books. As, as I said, when you visited us last time when we talked about Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream, what's what I love about the book is it is part history, part memoir, and part mystery novel in in terms of how you and your friend discovered. This truth about your mother, and then uh, it, unraveled it. It's hard
0: for people to believe, but my mother knew she'd been rescued. She knew she was. She and these other women, who were in, by the way, the only women's death camp the Germans had was Ravensbruck, uh, where uh, only 20% of the population were Jews, but those those women were being killed in gas chambers, etc. How one day she just led out of there and freed, and through a treacherous dry whereas their buses she's in her bombed by the British who assume they're carrying German troops and then the, and then the, you know they have to flee on foot through the forest and then they I mean it, it's really kind of quite harrowing but my mother had no idea what had led to a rescue none of the women did and uh, I only about seven years after my mother passed away did I happen to almost serendipitously come across a uh, a little 10-page description of the events published in 1945 by the World Jewish Congress because a representative of theirs was involved in the rescue. And I, I looked at this thing, you know, and uh, and I'm thumbing through it, and there's a little tiny picture of the women who were rescued when they arrived in neutral territory, It was snapped and appeared in a newspaper at the time. And we uh, and really in the corner, I, 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 there's a woman there, she looks more like my mother, and Man, the woman standing next to her looks like my mother's best friend who was still alive and living in Israel. And I was in Israel at the time I they came across this pamphlet. and So I took it over to her apartment with a magnifying glass, and I said, uh, hey, t- take a look at this. And she looks down at the picture with the magnifying glass, and she just looked up at me and said, yeah, it's your mother and me. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> so I went, oh. And uh, that was really the first time I, I had any idea, and uh, it took years to literally, I was reading memoirs of Jews and of Nazis and to find out exactly the details of how this rescue had taken place. Nobody else has ever written a book about it. If I didn't do it, who would?
2: So when you hear a comment like there's good people on both sides, how does that make you feel, knowing what you know? I I thought we were on an
0: (laughs) (laughs) FCC-friendly.
2: Sorry, I can't. I'm restrained in my
0: answer to that question.
2: Look, I will say this. I I, I
0: think there's, there's... By the way, there's far too much uh, analogies to the Nazis being thrown around. No, the word genocide is used far too frequently that they're like the Gestapo or the SS man. You should read a little bit more about the Gestapo and the SS. But having said that and being someone who's very personally offended by a lot of the references comparing contemporary figures to those people uh, and what they did in the Holocaust, Nonetheless, we cannot ignore a full 20 years of history and the politics uh, that gave rise, and the hatred, and the fact that, I mean, I think Voltaire may have said it best centuries ago, the French author and philosopher. He said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities, and every time... I hear QAnon spewing its, you know, its venom online. I read about this stuff. I say to myself, oh, my God, I've read this stuff before. I'm not just having a deja vu. Every single one of these QAnon conspiracies, the major ones, even the, the stealing of children and the drinking of their blood, these are all the anti-Semitic tropes of Europe 100 and 200 years ago. This this was these all they've done is they've taken out the word Jew and they've replaced it with you know the political left but but the people who got it know where they got it from they understand this is veiled anti-Semitism because these are all the same memes that they used to denigrate the Jews during World War II, before World War II, in the middle of the 19th century, in the, in the, in the 18th century. These, these are all the same old myths that are being just resurrected and converted for our time by the same sort of mongers who did this back in, you know, 1868 in the middle of Russia. Uh, in order to justify burning out Jewish villages.
2: One of the things that bothers me now is, you know, we live in Hollywood, Donna and I, and, and the homeless problem has gotten worse, the crime problem has gotten worse, and everybody's willing to blame everybody instead of saying, the fault lies here. I mean, and I think of Harry Truman with his classic line, the buck stops here. But there are people who will blame Garcetti. There are people who blame Schiff. There are people who blame Newsom. And it's
0: like the, the truth, dear Horatio, lies not in our stars, but in ourselves.
1: <laughs> yes. 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 We all have
0: to take some responsibility for this, but particularly in terms of how we vote and who we vote for. And no, there were, in my opinion, not good people on both sides. Yeah. And when they were marching with tiki torches, they were saying, Jews will not replace us. Now, what the heck does that mean? I think a lot of people ignore that because they don't know what the heck that means. It doesn't mean... That they expect me to go down to the local, you know, uh, uh, you know, Best Buy or Woolworths and take away some white Christian's job. Uh, you know, they're not thinking I'm going to do that. They're not thinking I'm going to take them off the line at Ford and replace them, you know, with you know, with my, my brother Schmoyle or something. What they're saying is, in this incredibly patronizing, a bit of hatred, they are of the conviction that the Jews don't have to do anything of these things ourselves. We are the ones manipulating the people of color around the world. Can you believe it? That the 15 million Jews in the entire world, we are manipulating the people of color around the world to replace white Christians. That's what we are doing. We have this conspiracy that we're the ones going to be replacing the white Christians with non-white Christians. That's it's all the Jews doing this. And look at how how denigrating that is to to African Americans, to Hispanics, to uh, to people from the Middle East. It's they believe, you know, that they are within our power. We have we have somehow perform the Svengali on the rest of the world. We are manipulating them into replacing the people like the ones, the people like the people marching with those tiki torches. That, that's what it means. It's the old, you know, elders of Zion. We control the world, and this is how we're using
2: our power. And somehow they've managed to project a message that the Jews control the media. Right. And Hollywood. And, and Hollywood. And the banks, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, mostly, yeah, because they can dismiss... Well, uh, they're
0: under the impression we control the world economies and we control, you know, everything that, that's bad about them. The, the Nazis, people read my book and they go, I, I don't understand this. Uh, uh, you're saying the Nazis actually believed this stuff, which I, I have some sections on it. I said, absolutely. These Some of them were just opportunists, but a lot of them were true believers. This was, for them, a religion. There was this... The, the, the Jews, I mean, to the point that it, it, as the war was ending, you know, various high-ranking Nazis were trying to get connections to even Jewish businessmen. And, and you wonder why in the world they'd be trying to do that. And the answer was, well, Churchill wouldn't talk to them, and Eisenhower wouldn't talk to them. They weren't going to negotiate, you know, so, so why not go to the actual power behind the thrones? Let's talk to the Jews. Pick one. <laughs> you know, They're one monolithic group. Pick one. Pick a Jewish businessman somewhere. You know, we'll talk to him and he'll get the message to the uh, powers that be because, you know, that's who they work for. Uh, And uh, people think it's just, oh, no, no, that was just an excuse. That was a myth. No, no, it wasn't. They they believed it. That's the power of anti-Semitism, the the hatred of the other.
2: We have information going out, facts, professionals on media. And you can get a whole population to believe that it is fake news or alternate facts or whatever the term they want to use by basically establishing, well, you know, the Jews run that. So, you know, it's yeah, not, fact. I mean, I, I still see a lot of that today and you know, it is astounding to me that people believe that, but then again, it is the same people that believe that the Holocaust was a hoax. Uh,
0: so these kinds of hatreds be it anti-Semitism, or, or, or so many others. They are they are ancient. They don't just. I mean, I've studied and I teach a class called "Long Genocide," as you know, and I've written about about genocide in general. I've written many articles on it, and it, it's. I mean, these things don't come out of nowhere. They they often come out of long, bitter hatreds that slowly but surely, get transmuted into believing. Uh, you know, that the other side are less than human. You know, when I, when I wrote my book, people probably wouldn't even notice it, but I refer to extermination camps. But every time I do it, I put the word extermination or exterminate in quotes because, in my opinion, that's a Nazi word. That's a classic uh, word used uh, by uh, people who are engaging in genocide or urging it uh, around the world. And why? Because you dehumanize the group you want to destroy, and therefore you make it easier for your people to accept the fact that they like insects that are infesting your house or rodents. They have to be removed. They have to be exterminated. So those, the, the, the term extermination is not one any people would use with respect to their murder. Uh, you know, It's something that someone else uses to describe what they're doing. They're getting rid of the vermin. They're exterminating them. Uh, and, you know, it, it, these things are ancient. They've been, they've been around in terms of anti-Semitism for, you know, millennium, more than a millennium. And, uh, and that doesn't die away. I mean, whatever was said in the villages of, of medieval times still lingers on. You know, it gets passed on from family to family, from generation to generation at the din- dinner table, if not in open politics. And it, it just, it doesn't, genocides don't come out of nowhere, There's a long history and background to it, whether you're talking about Rwanda, uh, the Holocaust, Armenia, uh, all of these things have long histories.
1: Stan Goldman is tenured law professor at Loyola. Loyola now I can't say Loyola. 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 Thank you. Uh, law school <laughs> founding director of the Loyola Law uh, Center for the Study of Law and Genocide. He is also yeah, now,
0: the, now that that alone should suggest to you that I live a rather circumspect life. I was a, <laughs> a Democrat at the Fox News Channel for a decade, mm-hmm. and I've been teaching law to. And I'm a Jew teaching law at a Jesuit law school. So I've learned to be uh, to, uh, to measure my words sometimes. So, uh, you know, that's, that's my life.
1: Well, uh, circumspect or not, it is always uh, fascinating and enlightening to talk to you, Stan. Stan Goldman, also the author of Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream, The Bargain that Broke Adolf Hitler and Saved My Mother, available wherever books are sold through Potomac Books, audiobook available through Recorded Books, Stan Goldman, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: No, no, no. Thanks so much
1: for having me. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com.
0: Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the timeshare exit hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made. To get you out of your timeshare, make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093.
1: For more information on how they can help you.
2: Hi, this is Perry Gilpin, and you're listening to TV Confidential.
1: Ed Robertson with enough time to tell you that Son of a Junk Man, Son of a Junk Man, My Life from the West Bottoms of Kansas City to the Bright Lights of Hollywood, is available in hardcover paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com or wherever books are sold online. You can follow Ed Asner on Twitter and on Instagram at The Only Ed Asner. For more information on the Ed Asner Family Center, edasnerfamilycenter.org as well as Twitter at Ed Asner Center. For more information on upcoming performances of God Help Us, go to godhelpus.net. Also a reminder that Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream, The Bargain That Broke Adolf Hitler and Saved My Mother is available in bookstores everywhere through Potomac Books. Potomac Books, an imprint of University of Nebraska Press. You can also find Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream at amazon.com where the books are sold online. The audiobook Version of Left to the Mercy of a Rude Stream is available through recorded books. That'll do it for our program this week, folks. Ed Robertson, Rafa Tony Figueroa, Donna Allenfield Grice, and Greg Earbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we will talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk